podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic State of Mind. This is your match day coverage. I'm Paul John Dykes. I'm joined by Tony Haggerty. And we are going live on all the usual platforms, except for some strange reason, Twitter. So whilst I get the first response from Tony Haggerty, I will be sharing the YouTube link on the Twitter page. Tony, um, a lot of people don't tune into the, the pre-match and the halftime, so we'll go through the entire game as a post-match. Let's, let's have a wee chat about um, the performance, which I thought in parts was excellent. But the fact that we do still ship a goal here and there, which is becoming a wee bit of a concern. I don't want to be too hard on the likes of no. Welsh and Hart, who I think were probably to blame for the two goals. But it is still a wee concern that we can ship goals sometimes pretty easily. Yeah, I think that's the only negative on today, isn't it? First 20 minutes, terrific. Get yourself two goals ahead. You can see the sloppy goal from Dundee's first attack, meaningful attack from across. And then you put the game to bed with some scintill- a scintillating like, five minutes, actually. You know what I mean? Ten minutes after the break. Really good. You thought 4-1, this is going to be another 5-6, possibly 7-1, something like that. And then Joe Hart does the old Superman job, comes for a, a ball he's never getting, and you can see it again. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a worrying, I can say. It's not so worrying when you're you're that far ahead today, but it's a worry moving forward that you, you continue to concede. Because a lot of the goals at Celtic are conceding are bread and butter crosses into the box, aren't they? They are. I think it was an interesting start, 8 out of 9, and I know that in terms of our uh, defensive record, it is excellent when you compare it across the league. Uh, You know, Dundee United had a great record and they've gone out yesterday and taken an absolute tanking at the uh, the hands of Hearts. So, yeah, absolutely, I'm not turning this into a negative. It's just Mm. probably the only concern from this this afternoon's early kickoff, because other than that, we showed in spells like how absolutely uh, skintily and Celtic can be when they're playing uh, at full throttle. Yeah. We've got a talent 
and Jota, who we are raving about him week on week. Um, and I think that, you know, we've said it time and time again, whatever it takes to get him in on a, a permanent deal, get the deal done because he's absolutely outrageously talented. And sometimes, Tony, you get a player who just fits into a particular club that at a stage of their career where they maybe need that um, adulation that he's obviously not getting at Benfica because he's not playing. Uh, I think that a lot of the uh, uh, comments I've been seeing from Benfica pages on Twitter, etc., when he came to the club, they weren't too first about him. He wasn't a first pick. He could come to Celtic and, and become an absolute hero at this club and also be part of huge successes at this club. Um, he's the type of player, I think, that if he was to do that, although everything he says has been positive, it would be a, a stepping stone for him because he has so much talent and he's at that age, Tony, where he could have another big move down the line, but do whatever needs to be done to get that permanent deal over the line when, when the time comes. Yeah, of course, I think Jota's tailor-made for Celtic and Celtic are tailor-made for Jota. You know, as you say, it's that marriage of convenience, isn't it, at a, a point in you know, his career that he needs. He needs that arm round him, needs to be loved. And there's no better place for a player if they want to be loved and if they turn it on than Celtic. There, well, there are few better places. You know, and you know what pleased me about today? The one moment that I thought was brilliant. See when Jota set up Kyogo for the second? And I think every player, bar Joe Hart, ran behind the goal. Every yeah. player was celebrating that fourth goal. And I thought, yep. And that was what spoke about the pre-match that Jota was saying, we're building a family here. I thought, yep, you really are. I saw it for myself when they went to celebrate with the fans. And every player was there. Juranovic was jumping about. Lalini, Carter Vickers was going off his nut. And you're thinking, that's, that's, that's what you want to see. They get it. They get it. But Tony, where were all the players when Tony Ralston needed to get the ball back when it went over the advertising board? They weren't they weren't as quick to go over and give him a hand, were they? I was quite shocked by that as well. Nobody, not even a supporter or a dundee ball boy or somebody, you know. The guy guys jumped over a, a a kind of gate. He's jumped down into some kind of pit, hasn't he? To go and get it. It's frightening. But guess players can injure themselves easily. By doing something like that, jumping over it in the way they can... Uh, I know. Who's know. hiding in the pit? That's the question. Is Barkas down there? What about a Yeti? Is he down there? <laughs> Joe Porter, yeah. welcome back, Joe. You've you've been a big supporter of Axon for some time, so welcome to the show. You're watching on YouTube. That fourth goal was a thing of scrumptious beauty. Um, when you're talking about the, the likes of Jota, it's easy to use such terms. Um, we do have in our midst the potential for one of the most exciting front lines I've seen in my Celtic supporting life, Tony. Yeah, without a doubt, we spoke about them, you know, christened them the new three amigos and stuff, but I think if you're looking at today, Jota, Kyogo and Ralston, and even now, I've got a big beat on his I thought beat on was really good today. His passing was crisp, but it was pretty solid. He didn't really put a foot wrong, you know, but I think those four players in particular, Sean, today, I mean, Ralston's got three assists. This is a guy who just sort of said to Stevie Clark, just in case you're watching. You know, I don't understand. It. I honestly don't understand uh, I the omission the, the from that squad. Well, he might think it's too early, but I think that was a wee reminder today. Ralston, you know, just sort of saying, you're if you need me. You know, and uh, three assists doesn't get any better than that. And three quality assists as well, you know. So, and and 
that, that's them up too when you look at them as, as a we were talking before the game about the, the, the kind of young element of the Celtic defence uh, we know that Juranovic at left back is 26 and, and Joe Hart is uh, 34 they bring the experience but the other three um, are in their early 20s Tony Ralston playing just his 43rd game for Celtic he scored six goals he's now got seven assists but when you look through that defence, you know, there's goals in that defence, Tony, and that's what I think sometimes frustrates me from the perspective of our uh, lack of um, goals from corner kicks, because we do have goals in that defence. Tony Ralston can get a goal, Juranovic has scored a couple, uh, albeit one from, uh, two from the penalty spot, and Carter Vickers, a couple of goals to the good, Stephen Welsh, a couple of goals to the good, but I would expect, particularly the latter two there, to be more dangerous at corner kicks. Um, I think you made a good point at half time. Julian, when he comes back, he's gonna he's actually going to be very effective. If he comes back, the player that we remember in, in both, both boxes. boxes. Yeah, in both boxes. He, he has to be because that those kind of uh, corners and crosses are tailor made for a guy like Julian, you know what I mean? So that that be interesting to see what happens when he comes back and if he does hit any kind of form or stride that he did before he was out injured. But yeah, that, that is an interesting dynamic. But you look at that team, there's goals all over the park, Paul. Mm-hmm. Goals all over the park. You know, so that's what pleases you. That's unless it drops to the foot of Yakamakis. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's tongue in cheek. I, I want to talk about him. I yeah. do want to talk about him. We've not seen a great deal. Um the start that he got was the game that, you know, Celtic didn't you know, fill themselves, um, cover themselves in glory. It was a poor, poor performance. It was a bad day at the office. We know that he missed the penalty. But I have been impressed with quite a bit of his kind of hold-up play in the two games against Ferenc Varos. I thought he'd done particularly well holding the ball up. But he's come on today and and he's looked like that guy we saw at Livy again against Livingston. And I just hope that it's all to do with a lack of game time in a Celtic jersey. Um, and that's why we're not seeing the best of Yakamakis because I've seen a lot of good from him. But again, today he's come on and he's missed a cracking opportunity. James A. Forrest put it on a plate for him. Yeah, I think you touched on it there. I think there could be such a thing as trying too hard mm. to impress. Mm-hmm. You see a lack of game time as well. But, you know, again, I go back to it. Strikers, just take a breath, relax. You know, that should be meat and drink when Forrest lays it back to him. Just you know, get it on. He doesn't even get it on target. I mean, he skies it horribly, gets it wrong. I think maybe Andy Walker was saying he slipped as he made connection. I'm not, not entirely convinced of that, but if you're a striker, you just focus on getting that on target. Forrest cuts that back to Jota or Kyogo. Where does it end up? Probably ends up in the back of the net, doesn't it? So I, I, I think there's a lot of good things that he does as well. He's hold up play and he, he, he does the old-fashioned rumbling of defenders up and all that kind of stuff, you know, so... You know, there's there's some attributes that he has, so he just has to relax in front of goal and and not let that penalty affect him. It's gone against him. Just that's it. Put it to bed. Park it. Fine. You know, and just get your head up and be the striker that we we all hope you you will be scoring regular and you know coming on and making a contribution. That spoke about that pre-match. Got to come on and make a contribution. And you you were talking about some kind of verve or. Ashcroft with Lee Ashcroft on the park and I said, well, we could basically say the subs don't work. You know, <laughs> Maybe the subs don't work today. You could maybe say that. But uh, yeah, they will work in future and they have to be, 
you know, you have to convince these guys that when they're getting their opportunity that they, they have to have to contribute, make an impact. Yeah, that's a good point because I, th- I felt that at 60 minutes when we made those subs, and I know we got the, the two goals, um, particularly early in the second half, to put the game, you know, too far away from any kind of comeback from Dundee, any meaningful comeback anyway. And we got the first two goals in the first 19 minutes. So, yes, you know, I remember uh, reading somewhere that if you were to look at the the stats, and I'm not comparing managers before anybody thinks I am, if you look at the stats uh, under Jockstein, the amount of goals that were scored, Tony, uh, in the first 10 minutes after a team talk, it was quite incredible. Um, you know, so if things, if, if the foot had gone off the throttle, um, you know, 10 minutes after the halftime interval, uh, it was certainly back on the throttle. And I think we got a wee bit of that today, but at 60 minutes, when we made the two subs, I felt that we did regress a wee bit. And, and listen, when you're taking a player of the quality of Kyogo off the park, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't long before Dundee got what was proven to be a consolation by the aforementioned uh, Ashcroft. But it just shows you, you know, not just the contribution when he's got the ball, Tony, but see off the ball, Kyogo's contribution is incredible. Oh, he stretches yeah. that defence left, right and centre. Yeah, you, you mean... You- you saw it for yourself today. You lost something when Jota and Kyogo left the park. You lost something in an attacking sense. It's all right saying you brought on like three kind of attack-minded players, but again, you didn't do much, did they? Or or didn't do much fame. No, didn't influence the game in any great shape or form. You know, so you wanted to go on and win five, one, six, one. You know. We created a couple of opportunities. Jack and Marcus missed the best one. Arguably when Forrest goes through and then tees it up for him. You know, but that apart they didn't create much after that, did they? When those nope. guys went off, you know? And I get that that the game's put to bed and you know, but that it just shows you how easy it is. That was a hopeful ball into the box. Hearts gone AWOL for once. And Dundee get back. Well, as you say, it's a consolation goal, but you know, the concession of those goals at small margins, you know, you, you just need to kind of cut that out, you know, and uh, we, I mean, Ange made those substitutions, but still a fair bit of the game to go, didn't he? He did, aye. Eh? There's, there's an opportunity to make an impact, Tony. That's, that's yeah. a big thing. And there's a comment coming through uh, from one of our viewers there saying, when was the last time a sub made an impact? You know, I, I get that, when players are coming into that high intensity, which we're in the flow of by mm-hmm. 60 minutes in, it might be hard to adapt to that. It might take them yeah. a wee while to get into it. But I reckon 30 minutes is a good enough time for anybody to get into the game. By that time, yeah, the intensity is down because the game's won. It is won. It's 4-1. It's, you know, it's beyond Dundee to come back. Um, by the way, at halftime, we mentioned your man, Tony Ralston. And for as good and as sexy as the play is when... Uh, Jota's got the ball I'm giving my man of the match to Tony Ralston and I'll tell you why right because when he came in after Dubai in January uh, and see I'm not bringing that up to have a dig at anybody who was involved in that trip but when he came in for that game against Livy I had the audacity to say that he was the best player on the park in a Celtic jersey Uh, and a lot of people couldn't accept that because it was Tony Ralston I think we're over that now I'm looking at that game and for me it was a total standout yeah yeah. listen you get three standouts there Ralston, Kyogo and Jota, right? Those three are the reason you won the game today, right? And you won it comfortably. And, uh, you know, Big Beaton wasn't far behind him in terms of his display. You know, the rest were 
fairly competent, you know, no real poor performers. But you, you noticed when the substitutions were made, there was a flatness to it. It went from that high in the 10 minutes after half-time, as you see the goals are scored after the team talk and all that. You know, they, they just kind of, you know, they kind of went, right, that's it. Another, kind of that feeling, three points in the bag. But you, you wanted that relentlessness about them, mm-hmm. didn't you? You want them to mm-hmm. be more clinical. Go and pulverise Dundee. Because we said at half-time, they were pretty poor Dundee, you know? And then within a few minutes, you've kind of given them, given them another cheap goal. And this is not negativity. This is just comment on what you're seeing. I wanted Celtic to go and pummel Dundee. I wanted them to win six one. You know why I want that? The reason I want that, Tony, is because you have afternoons like we did against Livingston, where you can't yes. buy a goal. Yes. So see when things are clicking and, and it's going as well as it was at that point. Yeah. I'm the same as yourself. I want to completely yeah. capitalise on that. And you know what? By the end of the season, you don't know how important the goal tally is going to be. That's it. You, you, goal difference may come into it and you fell victim to that in championships, run-ins in the past. So just go and keep going, as Anne said. Go right to the death, you know, and try and just get that goal difference up so that it does make a difference come the end or, or it makes a difference to you that you're in that, you know, that driving seat, that pole position, if it does come down to it. So be relentless, be clinical, you know, but that's what happens when those influential players come off at the same time. You you lose that edge, you lose that kind of driving force and you lose that that kind of cutting the edge up front, basically, you know, and, and it was noticeable today. And that's not having a dig at Jack and Marcus, who, given more game time, could end up being as prolific as... Jota or Kyogo, but you know, it's it's too early to be judging jury on him, but you just want him to, for himself more than anything, I just don't want that penalty to be something that is dwelling on his mind and I just think he he does some things that are really good, but I I do feel that some players could try too hard to impress. They second guess themselves a lot of the time, Tony, at that stage they they want to, you know, prove to a new crowd, a new set of teammates, a new manager, but I mean, last season he only missed one penalty um, in in the Dutch top division, he's missed that one already for Celtic, so let's hope given the opportunity he doesn't miss anymore, but you you mentioned Ange Postecoglou, and I remember you know, going into the game against Aberdeen up at Petorgy now Incredibly, it was only on the 3rd of October, the beginning of last season, and you and I had sat together watching the Leverkusen game uh, a few nights before, and there was all this chat and all these rumours about Ange has gone by Monday, Ange has gone by Friday, all this stuff. You remember? Yeah. And we've gone up to Petodre, and I thought we actually ground that victory out. I, I don't think that we were particularly good in the second half, but we, we win the game. We win the game. And you see the reaction at the end of the game. You're, you're talking about Yota and talking about a Celtic family. He scores the winner. The players in the gaffer, they're going up to get the adulation of the Celtic fans up at Petodre. And, you know, there was that moment where you're looking at Ange. And we've seen it with Lenny. We've seen it with Ronnie Dyla up at Petodre as it happens. And there was a thing that we discussed, I think, on the Monday on the bulletin. And it was around, is this a moment? Is this a turning point? Yeah. And it has proven to be. I mean, we were very disappointed with a nothing each draw um, against Livingston. That Aberdeen result came after a demoralising defeat in Europe against Leverkusen. The one won at uh, home to Dundee United, which was very disappointing. Um, and 
although we had beaten Wraith Rovers 3-0, prior to that, we had gone to uh, Livingston and they beat us 1-0. So we were at that point, we were, it was a very important win. We knew that. But we were then facing a runny fixtures between Pataudry and the international break. Where, and I think everybody would admit going to Pataudry, Fur Park, Easter Roads, you know, and away to Ferencvaros, followed by this game today, that if we've only dropped two points, then it would have been acceptable back on the 3rd of October. That's where we are just now going into the latest international break. Um, and I think that, generally speaking, in isolation, yeah, the Livingston result was very disappointing. But overall, every single result since Pataudry, for me, as a collective, I just think that uh, we've weathered the storm and Ange has weathered that storm. Sea change, I think, is the phrase. There was a sea change that day at Pataudry. Because not only did Celtic win, they won ugly, which hadn't been a trait of Andy's team up until that moment. It was a what a galvanising effect it had in everybody. We spoke before about those fixtures that were coming up and we were talking about in the realms of can Celtic win any of those three away games, the way they were at that moment in time. But I tell you what, the job he's done to steer them, because October was meant to be a black month for Celtic, so we were told. You know, this is uh, as you say, this could be the, the death knell for Ange, stuff like that. And, you know, which was far too early for that. Nobody ever called for his head. You know what I mean? Certainly not on this platform. But we were saying he has to get results. Yeah, you've got to win more than 50% yeah. of your games, yeah, which was the stat at that time. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what we were pointing out, those statistical facts. But by God, he's grasped it, eh? And we've gone on, what, what's that, seven or eight games? We've won seven out of eight with those two points dropped uh, and playing sometimes rip-roaring, free-scoring, never boring. Other times we've ground it out. And we've, we've, other times it's been controlled, it's been measured, it's been composed. So we've discovered different ways of winning in all of those that eight-game period. And also there's been that blip where we couldn't buy a goal in against, against Livingston that day and even miss from the penalty spot. So I think uh, the Celtic fans are a bit in your hand off for that. Ange would have bitten your hand off for that. And I think Ange caught a moment in time as well with that celebration at Pataudry. He kind of knew that's when it kind of sunk in. He went, right, this is the base and the platform upon which I'm going to build this team. And we've gone forward from that moment onwards. You know, and uh, yeah, big up to him. And, you know, he, he's taken everything in the chin. He's taken criticism and he's, he's taken all sorts of questions. And, you know, at this moment in time, he's answering them now. Because mm. he's always banged on about when he gets the team that he wants, you no know, players back. And, and, we, and, we, and we got all that. We were just frustrated at the fact that as a Celtic manager, there's only kind of one style of football and it's winning football. You've just got to win. You know, and that 50% start up to on this platform. That, that's what up to us. It wasn't Ange. You know, it wasn't him personally per se, but people took that as being us having a dig at Ange. We've never had a dig at Ange because I think to a, a man and woman on this pod, we actually love Ange. We're firmly behind what he's doing and the road in which he's taken this team and we're excited by it all. You just want to, you just don't want to say too much because it all comes crashing down again. But at the yeah. moment, it's, it's... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's good to watch, but there are things that you can tweak, things that you can make better, and things you can improve on, like every football team. But the big thing is, Tony, when you're watching every 90 minutes of football that, that Celtic play, we we talk about what went well and the nuances of what could improve, and that that's fine. I think there's quite a few comments coming through in relation to the performance of Stephen Welsh as well. He's a player that I've championed. He's a player that I'd love to see in a Celtic jersey for years to come. But I think there was a couple of occasions this afternoon where the defensive qualities of Starfield, and this isn't me bigging up a player because he's not on the team, because I, I've been critical of Starfield, but the defensive qualities sometimes of Starfield um, can be taken for granted, maybe by myself, maybe by others on, on Axon. But to put your head on a ball that's coming in, just to get that that tackle, and I don't think he looks comfortable on the ball. I don't think that his passing's tremendous, particularly on the left hand side. But sometimes the basic defensive things is what Starfield's doing well, and and it has gone under the radar a wee bit. That's maybe what Stephen Welsh has still got to work on because he was caught in no man's land in between two Dundee players and ended up taking a wee swan dive to the deck uh, when they've scored their, their first goal. Uh, we've seen it against Livy previously. And I, I'm not sitting here thinking I'm going to you know, have a go at Welsh. I also don't think that it's time to start tinkering with that until Starfield comes back. And then there's a decision to be made. And by tinkering, I mean William Scales is another option, of course. And then there's a decision to be made when Julian comes back. And, and it's all about who's my best two from, I would guess, Julian Starfelt and Carter Vickers with Welsh as a very able backup. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw today what Starfield actually brings in his absence. Runs a lot of headers, puts a lot of guys off, jostles people, you know, great. We, we accept that he's not the greatest defender uh, in terms of a ball at his feet and playing it out from the back, yeah? See that basic art of defending, that jostling people winning the ball in the air and being tidy that way. Would he have made a difference today in those in both of those goals? Probably. He would have contested the balls coming in, wouldn't he, for a start? So, yeah, maybe I've seen butts. And it's not being harsh on Welsh. You just have to see that Welsh, Welsh is still a young boy learning his craft. You say that the start, what? 23, 34 appearances or something, was it? 23? Yeah, well, I was in, I was interested to realise that we only had three players on the park um, right. in the starting lineup with more than 50, but that today was Stephen Welsh's 34th appearance. 34th appearance, because it was 
Russell's birthday, you mentioned it in conjunction with him. So, you know, so that's still relatively inexperienced, isn't it, for a Celtic defender? You know, so he's still learning his craft as well, which is why, like the first goal, he'll get caught underneath it, caught in between, you know, and, and I get that. But when you're a defender, there's no hiding place from those positional errors. You, you, if you're positionally in the wrong place or you make an error in defence, then there's a high chance it's going to be a goal and it'll be highlighted like the goalkeeper. Mm. came out for a, a ball he's probably not entitled to get, but he's probably came out for that ball because he's maybe not been too confident in Welsh attacking it. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know, and, and, and even after that, Paul, when Dundee threw another cross ball in, we were lucky not to concede a penalty. Because Marcus is tugging and Carl Carton Vickers is tugging him. A Dundee boy shot and Ashcroft went down and they gave it against Ashcroft. You know, so the referee saw something that Ashcroft maybe did, but you know, you're, t- you're running that risk. And say he gives it the other way and they score and it goes 4-3. You know, these are all kind of things that, you know, it didn't happen, but when you saw the replay, it could very well have been a penalty for Dundee. They had a case, they had a shout, you know, so these... these these are the things that they can work on, can make better, can tidy up, because there's still that sloppiness and carelessness in defence, conceding unnecessary and needless goals. It, you know, yeah, is it nitpicking? Yeah, of course it is, especially when we've been scintillating in the attacking uh, front. But there are times, as you said, you rightly pointed out, you get days like Livingston when you're attacking you're three, you'll no bail you out. You know, so yeah. you've got to... You've got to uh, you know, you've got to do everything right or, or, or do things better. And we can defend better. You know, you've got no qualms about your middle to front functioning and being able to score goals and bulge the net. That's not that's not your your concern at all. Your concern is still at the back of the pack and, you know, the personnel that he has that he's rotating and trying to make sure that he gets a kind of settled defence. Uh, and hopefully... Uh, hopefully they can uh, they can take on board the lessons of you know conceding to you know they, they were cheap goals weren't they did they? they were cheap goals yeah and as you say though it puts you in that position where four two can be precarious if a decision goes your way uh, against yeah. you rather in, in the box it, it's important that that diamond at the back Hart Cameron Carter Vickers and at the moment Starfield that's your three first picks when fit and when Julian comes back in. I think it's going to solidify that. Still not sure where Julien's going to play. I don't know who's going to make way for him. At this moment in time, um, I've been far more enthused with uh, Carter Vickers uh, as a defender. I think he brings a lot um, to to the side and he he really stabilises that side as well. Let's talk about the fact that, you know, you've got a player there in Beaton who I thought played pretty well today. He'd probably be my fourth in terms of who played the best today, Tony, um, very assured he, he does slow things down and takes his time, makes the pass. And and he's a player along with Tommy Rogic and along with Anthony Ralston that had they left in the summer, uh, they probably would have left with not too much of a fanfare. We would have you know, looked back fondly on what, what Tommy Rogic gave us time and time again. But, you know, they look to be coming to the end, the natural end of their Celtic careers. And I think it's only fair that we give Ange Postecoglou the credit that is due for maybe not beat on yet, but revitalising the careers of such players as Anthony Ralston 
and Tommy Roderick and perhaps near Beaton because again I don't think in the fullness of time he's going to be a first pick when everybody's fit um, but you need players like Beaton you need you know reliable adaptable players like near Beaton in a squad if you're going to go and, and really make a, a challenge for this title this season I we spoke about it pre-match and we'll re-emphasize the point I, I put that down to solid man management by Ange Postacoglu you know he's brought you know Big him up for the fact that he's brought in the likes of Kyogo, who's just an infectious, you know, uh, uh, he's just an infectious wee character, and it's rubbed off on on the, in the dressing room. But you know, to come in and say to Ralston, say to Beaton, say to Tom Rogic, you have a future here. Here's why. Here's how you're going to fit into my team. I mean, that that, that that's that's down to football management, Paul, and being good at it. You know, which is the things that people don't really see about Ange. You know, to get a tune out of Tom Rogic. Tom Rogic was away. We spoke about that pre uh, the pre match. He was he'd signed and sealed a deal to I think it was Qatar, wasn't it? You said for Qatar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was and he was out the door. And and if Ralston followed him and Beaton followed him, Celtic supporters were now back in an island. You know, and some of them might they were concentrating to... on the big three, weren't we? Oh, Ayer, Edward, yeah. Christie. Yeah. Some people might have said at, at that point, good riddance to them, you know. But to come in and take guys who are probably at low ebb, because they're no daft, they know what they know what the supporters' thoughts are about them, they know what maybe people are saying about them and, and things that have been written about them, especially Ralston. You know, Ralston, imagine being in Ralston's shoes. This right back's coming in, right right back's coming in, and the first casualty of that's going to be you. you know, he, he read that constantly for almost two months, didn't he? And then you look at the right backs that have come in since Ralston made his debut. Now, Ralston makes his debut at 17 under Ronnie Dylatoni. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Mikael Lustig's your first choice, number two. Yeah. Look at the, the the amount of right-backs that have come in in between yeah. that debut and Tony Ralston being in your first pick at right-back. And you've got a lot with international credentials as well. Yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got Daniel Tolian, you've got Maritz Bauer, you've got El Hamid, Jeremy Frimpong, John Joe Kenny. And, yeah. you know, there's five in the five years that we've brought in. Mm-hmm. And, and Tony Ralston has shown the strength of character and the mental fortitude to come through yeah. that and mm-hmm. give his all on the training park so that the manager that comes in sees the fact that we've got a guy who's willing here, gives him initially that one-year deal. And I don't think anyone could argue with the extension on that. No, without a doubt. And also, and I would, I would uh, say the same about Neil Beaton who's clearly watched that and Angie said to him, right, you know, moving forward, I'm going to need you. And every time I I need you, you're going to have to do me a turn. You know, and, you know, players that near Beaton know that moving forward, they might not be long-term future, but as long as you can turn around to them and say, you're solid, you're reliable, you're dependable, you know, and near Beaton hasn't been that in, in years gone by. But, under Ange, he seems to have kind of grasped that nettle, hasn't he? After a poor start. It's got, to be, it's got to be said, after that poor start against Michelin. Yeah, but poor start in terms of the fact that he's not a defender. No. You know, that, that, that's the fact that we were, we were so thin role, on the ground. That role is that anchor role. You know, like it or lump it, that's, and he might slow the play down and we get all that, but that's where he is. That's his best. That's, that's where he, he's most effective. You know, and he can influence it as such, where he can break things down and he can shunt the ball to football players 
maybe not as quick as Ange would like in the team, but he does it well. You know, he, or he has done it well the past few games and he can be trusted in there because he's away from harm and he's away from danger. He's approaching 250 appearances, Tony. He's coming up for nine years at the club. Uh, and with, with the transition that we're going through, I think it's important to retain players yeah. like him who know the club to that degree. Yeah. It's a bit like Tommy Roger, you know, over 200 games, nine years at the club, a similar age, uh, maybe a couple of years younger than year beach on. But it's important to have enough of those players in that dressing room to yeah. implement to the newbies, this is what Celtic is. This, this is the fabric of the club. And also as well, if they're listening to the manager, then he's clearly getting through. You know, it's clearly the penny's dropping with everybody. I need you all, you're a vital part of this team moving forward. If we want to be a successful team, then we're going to need everybody on board. You know, everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet and there doesn't seem to be too many dissenting voices now at the club, does there? Well, the only dissent, the only dissent, we never spoke about it before or at half time, but we will speak about it now, is obviously there was another protest um, at the, the stadium today uh, over the club's decision, the apparent decision, to uh, name Bernard Higgins in a in a su- superior role within the, the club's security. Uh, and anyone who has followed the offensive behaviour at the Football Act uh, and the debacle that that was, we'll know that he was pivotal in the implementation of that uh, and the criminalisation of um, many of the times honest football fans, Tony. You know, even the very fact that uh, you were going to games and being filmed as if you were a criminal. You know, there, there were, for example, if you went for a pint before the game with someone who was on a list of risk supporters, you became an associate. You yourself would have turned up in a briefing document with a picture of you and your national insurance number and everything else about you that, uh, you know, even down to, for example, where you work and what your registration number is on your vehicle, you become part of an intelligence package. And that's what the Offensive Football Behaviour Act um, created. It created a monster which thankfully was repealed um, and there were certain elements of that within the Celtic fans who were pivotal and uh, influential in the repealing of that act. So it's absolutely no surprise that Celtic fans are protesting against a, a figure who would be deemed to be the enemy, Tony, becoming part of the inner sanctum of Celtic Football Club. So we're, we're talking about the football, we're getting excited and enthused by Ange Postecoglou, but there is a backdrop at the moment. And obviously there was a protest at the game today. So that that is the only kind of dissent that I can see at the moment. People are not prepared to allow the club to make an appointment as divisive as that. And I think that's the word, isn't it? He's divisive. You know, so and it's on Celtic. If Celtic make this appointment, then they're clearly saying to the Green Brigade, we're taking you head on. That's the message that I derive mm-hmm. from that. Uh, and so, yeah, I it detracts from everything that the club's doing at the minute on the park. I just I don't like to see these protests. You know, it's uh, I just think that it's, it's uh, a negative slant, you know, that uh, takes away from what you're achieving on the park and they're playing pretty well at this minute and and you know could be doing good things you know but I, I don't uh, I don't think the Green Brigade's uh, right to, to protest but just somehow it's I always feel that you know there's a time and a place for it you know and I uh, don't know if today was that time and was that place you know but the 
they'll always they'll always back their own corner and say, well, we can do what we want, you know, and then protest whatever way we, we see fit. But to me, if this appointment of Bernard Higgins is made by the Celtic board, then it's there's a clear battle line drawn there, isn't there? And they're going, they're going yes. to the Green Brigade and, you know, uh, you know, it's it's and it's unsavoury, isn't it? You know, you just don't want to see it uh, around the club because things are kind of, as I say, looking good on the park. In, uh, you don't want anything to detract from that. What and what Ange, what Ange and the players are, are doing on the park? No, there is definitely a feeling of that. My biggest concern is who at the club thought this was a good idea. I mean, you you hear the you know read the room. Nobody's reading the room, Tony. You know, this is the, the Green Brigade. Well, Celtic shared Green Brigade being a big part of that massive presence home and away. Saying the ball's in your court, hence the tennis balls. At first I thought it was pies. And then, you know, we realised it was tennis balls that had been thrown on the park. The ball's in your court. The decision to be made is Higgins or the fans. If they go for Bernard Higgins and they, they make that appointment, they will be going toe-to-toe. Uh, with a very influential part of the Celtic fan base. So, on the one hand, we want the success back at the club. On the other hand, there are still issues behind the scenes at Celtic. We know that. We had a CEO in place for 72 days. We took 106 days to appoint a new manager. Um, For as much as they try and advise us otherwise, the first-choice manager turned us down. I'm happy that he did, because we've got Ange Postacoglu, um, Tony, and I'm I'm just going to celebrate what we've got. I'm not looking back ruefully at the fact that Eddie Howe turned us down. Um, I'm quite happy with Ange. But it is going to rumble on. And the club, I feel, have disengaged. There's still that lack of engagement. Um, You know, Michael Nicholson's now the interim CEO at the club. Massive job in his hands. Um, Don't know if that will become permanent, Tony. But what will be permanent is the, um, the dissent from... Celtic supporters who will not accept the appointment of such a divisive figure. So I, I look uh, at that and I hear that there might even be further protests in the planning. So we'll see how that goes. The international break, is that when the club are going to make this an announcement when the fans aren't in the stadium? I wouldn't put it past them, Tony. I wouldn't put it past them either, but my thoughts, and you know what I am, I'm an out-and-out football man, Paul. My thoughts are always first, second and thirdly about the football. And at this moment in time, things are going well for Celtic and anything that happens off the park in terms of protest, yeah, it's a distraction, but it will always be about the football for me and uh, what's happening in terms of the management and the players and the results. And at this moment in time, that's the thing that's functioning pretty well at the minute. And and long may that continue. One final point then on the football. Um We've watched, and although I don't think the substitutes made a massive change uh, this afternoon, we've watched a team playing a brand of football. And yeah, there was a couple of wee moments, Tony, and we've, we've shipped a couple of goals. We were in no fear of losing that game or dropping points today because the quality was so far in advance to Dundee, who will be fighting a relegation battle this season. No disrespect to them, but that's the way it's going to pan out. We're watching a football team here who I think we've got four bodies that uh, will need to be shipped out. And I'm not talking about the kind of younger guys who need game time, like, you know, Ewan Henderson, whether or not he has a future at Celtic. There's a few in that camp. But what we've got, we've got Ball and Golly, we've got Barkas, Ayeti, and I'm now including Sorrow in that category. Now, they've all cost us a few quid. 
you know, we know a Yeti and Barkas, £5 million. Ball and goalie, best party, three to three and a half million pounds. Sorrow, maybe two to two and a half million. And they'll all be on decent wages. Now, you ship those four players out, Tony. And the fact that they're not on the bench today would suggest they're not in Angie's plans. And mm-hmm. they've probably not been in the plans for a while. Um, all four players have had a, you know, they've all had a crack at the whip from Ange. If we ship them out, and we can bring another three quality additions into this squad who would be on that bench today, Tony, bolstering the bench, bolstering the squad, pushing for a first-team jersey. I think what we'll see in the second half of this season is far more consistency because those four players at the moment are not contrib- contributing one iota. And we can bring players in, some who you've already mentioned perhaps from the Japanese league, who may make the same kind of impact as an Abada, Kyogo, a Jota. And that in itself is a frightening prospect. Well, I tell you what, Paul, see if we ship those four players but we bring in guys, what's the phrase we always like to use? They'll be first team ready. So those guys will be ready to go straight into that team and to make an impact and to make a difference and to make a change. Those guys that you you mentioned before, as you say, they're not contributing. And see if they're not contributing, then they'd be as well going somewhere where they can contribute because they clearly don't have a future here. I think Ange made it perfectly uh, clear early on that Sorrell was just not going to feature in his plans, you know, and Barkas, uh, Ajete, and who's, sorry, who's the other one you mentioned? Bollingoli. Bollingoli, yeah. So, I think we just, you, you cut your losses, you, you you try and see if you can get any kind of revenue in for them, and, and you take that, and you just accept, right, okay, sometimes you, you call it wrong, or it just doesn't work out for certain players, and uh you, you use any kind of funds you get to fund players that you really want at the club. Maybe those two from the Japanese that we mentioned, Hatata and Hatate and uh, Maeda. You know, and, and I think those kind of players would excite the Celtic supporters much more than seeing the four pick up a wage and, and not contribute. You want players, one, that are first team ready and two, that are going to contribute. And as you say, if they contribute, then Celtic will get consistent consistent uh, results moving forward. There'll be consistency in their play and they'll be there or thereabouts come May. Absolutely. Uh, I never mentioned Wanyama, but he was uh, putting himself in the uh, the window as well for Celtic to go and get him in January. So we'll see how that um, tapers out. I mean, he's only 30. He's only 30 years of age, Tony. He's been playing over in Montreal. Yeah, I love the big guy. We'll see. We shall see. The other four players, Tony, as you say, you cut your losses. They're from a different regime and we move on and we bring in more quality. I really enjoyed that today. Uh, I was joined today by Tony Haggerty and also an army of over 1,200 live on our various platforms. Unfortunately, not Twitter today. There was a wee issue between uh, our streaming host and Twitter. Don't know what it is. Hopefully they can kiss and make up. But um, Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for tuning on Twitch, YouTube, LinkedIn, and on Facebook. Get yourself subscribing on YouTube. I've still got three prizes to give away, um, but I was too busy to do it during the game. I will be announcing them at some point, I would say perhaps tomorrow, when Tony's maybe on the the live stream tomorrow at 12.30 with Amy and Russell. Um, But it's always great to to talk Celtic, particularly when we're winning. However, there were protests and we need to speak about that as well. There are some unhappy people uh, supporting Celtic at the moment for other reasons, non-football reasons. So we will keep you abreast of all the developments, football and non-football, if it's anything to do with Celtic Football Club. All that's left for me to say is thank you once again, Tony Haggerty, for joining me on a Celtic state of mind.
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y-to-203-203. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.